Welcome back to the Hotel Calcified podcast. I'm Rich Mounts with your co-host, Dr. Tom Shackleton and Dr. Joel Franzen. How are you both today? Fantastic. My tooth's hurting. Can you fix it? <laughs> no. Tom, I can't. I can't. But I know a guy. I know a guy who can. <laughs> well, I really enjoyed I really enjoyed part one of our Chiefs of Complaint uh, podcasts. This is part two. And, you know, it's it's fascinating for me to listen because, one, I learn a lot of things, but it's also really cool to see how other clinicians do things and how they interpret things and how they process information. So uh, I really enjoyed part one. And um, I want to ask, before we get back into the subject specifically of chief complaints, uh, Joel, I want to ask you about you work in two locations and Tom, you work in one office in Calgary. Uh, Joel, can you tell us a little bit about the two locations and the kind of the difference between them and how you um, process patients in the northern office and especially with regard to keeping the history straight and knowing who needs treatment and who doesn't and how that intake process takes place? Well, I actually work in a few different places. So it's like Whitehorse, Fort St. John, Williams Lake, Whistler, and then and then the Lower Mainland. So it, it's actually not too hard with Whitehorse because it's all through my office. The office in Whitehorse is owned by an orthodontist, so it's a turnkey operation. We go in there, we open up our locker, and it's all my staff and all my people. Um, and and we 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 look at the X-rays down in Vancouver before we fly out. So that, that that's it's that's pretty straightforward and that's nice yeah it's really nice um because you got your crew and they know what's going on and you have a very good idea of what's going on when you're going up so no real surprises mm-hmm. fort st john is kind of well williams lake is completely different i go I'm, a, I'm an associate in that office so i go up there and i work in that office and it's their office and it's their staff and that's tough because i'm not up there frequent enough for dumb staff to learn my stuff right yeah. if you know what I mean it's they forget <laughs> right because it's been a month and a half since Dr. F was up and what Dr. This- F <laughs> Dr. Yeah. F like that's yeah. yeah and so that one's tough and that one is tough and you really need an A team there um and so what's happened is is now I'm actually bringing a staff member up because that office has had to turn over a staff and then they got new staff and, and the real king players that they had before that I was working with, they've moved on with their lives. And so I'm like, oh, it's really hard for me to get, I, I, I one of the local staffs get trained up and then the office is really nice. Like, yeah, I fly your staff up. But Fort St. John was kind of halfway between those two. It's my buddy who owns the office and I kind of used one of my staff and half his staff. So it's always cleaner if, if it's as much of your own shop and your own control, but if you have a good staff, like I work in Whistler, they have an awesome staff. They know it. I work with the same assistant all the time. She's got it down. It's like I'm not even leaving my office. Yeah. So it, if you're flying, it, you're flying your assistants yes. or assistants from Vancouver to these yes. different locations in BC. Yes. Yes. I fly. I, 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 fly I fly three up to Whitehorse, um, and then only. Um, mainly just one to Fort St. John and sometimes two depend. Sometimes we steal uh, an assistant from Alberta from um, 
Oh, Grand Prairie. We can't find assistance. Is that the reason? Dr. Yeah, F. yeah. Well, the lo- when you're local and you live up there, you don't want to work on weekends, right? You need Vancouver people who are like <laughs> scraping oh. to pay rent. We're a little bit hungry, right? They're yeah. like, the reason we live up here is so we don't work weekends, right? So we, I, I did try working with locals up in Whitehorse. And actually, it was funny. We had this one assistant um, and she was helping my other ones. And then they're like, she was hiding in the office and they couldn't find her. And one of my sisters was like, that's it. We're canning her before lunch. She's not getting a free lunch because we've been looking. I'm like, oh, we've got someone here. Like, yeah, she's hiding. Like, she's oh, that's brutal. Like, the definition of work shy. And and so, yeah, it was it was tough. Yeah. yeah. So I, I I fly them up. Um, but Williams like just fly one up, and for St. John, depending if one will drive in from Alberta, I'll fly two up from Vancouver. So yeah. I I want to ask the. I'm sorry to be the jerk. I got to ask the question, and I and I'll and I'll answer the same question I'm asking you in all transparency because you and I have a similarity. I work in Alaska. I'm yeah. a, I'm an Alaska resident, but my wife is here in Oregon, and I split time between the two places. But I I fulfill all the residency requirements legally to be an Alaska resident. Why why work in so many locations relative to just having one home shop? where you work down the street? Um, when I opened my office, um, it was, I wasn't that busy. And then, um, so I could make, I could make, make what I made in a month in Richmond in Whitehorse in three days. Wow. You know, I was, and when I went up there, like back in the day, 10 years ago, it was crazy. I worked from seven to 11, wow. you know, you know, so it's like I, I I was doing a month's billing in three days, and, and you know, after after a few years, the staff rebelled. So now I only work like from seven in the morning till eight at night. But it used to be like I had a guy. Wow, you're, you're a soft. You were getting soft. Oh, yeah, just a flake now. It's oh just my awful. god! Oh yeah, and actually, and the day too, it was just two staff I had. I had it good. We oh. were from seven to eleven, and it was just two staff. And I remember this one guy came in and it's, it's summer up there, right? So it's, it's 11 o'clock at night. It's bright out. It looks like it's 10 in the morning. And this guy came in for a surgery on an upper molar and we did it. It was long. It was horrible. And I, I'm like, okay, where are we going for dinner? Cause you think it's, it's, and they're like, all the restaurants are closed. I'm like, well, I guess we're going to the bar. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's, like, it's like one in the morning. You're like, all right, we've got to get up in a few hours to do some work. Right. Oh but, my God. And, and when you work that long and that many patients, you have to, you can't fall behind on anything because as soon as you start falling behind, boom, you're two hours behind before you blink an eyelid. So I was like, do you feel tired? You're like, tired? I haven't got time for tired. I'm just like, pop, oh, oh. <laughs> like, go, 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 go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow, wow. So well, we're going to come back to that because there's a lot to chew on right yeah. there. So then I got really efficient with uh, compl- chief complaints because you're walking in the room and someone's got, <laughs> oh, room. yeah. You're like, you know, you don't want to say it, but your mind's exploding. I don't got time for this. <laughs> you got 14 <laughs> seconds. Yeah. No. <laughs> Up early, right? Boom, we're good to go. Sure. Yeah, we'll do them all. <laughs> so oh, you try to do your best to be diplomatic. And honestly, as you go through your career, you you become better at reading people. Not, not just teeth, mm-hmm. but reading people. And then being efficient and then trying to you know, satisfy them, but not get pulled into a discussion that just the never ending discussion. And every now and then I get pulled in that never ending discussion 
And yeah. you're like, oh, how did I get in this bear trap? And how do I get out of it? Right. And then the staff will come in and they're pretty good. Like, oh, oh you got to go. And so in a case in point is, you know, if, if you're leaving and a patient's not satisfied, say, you know, we can chat on the phone or whatever you want to do, or we can email, but I do have to go. And I am actually honest. I go, I got another patient next door. I have to go see them. I know we still have some stuff to talk to, but I do have to go. If you're open and honest, like, you know, yeah. like, I got to go see that other person. They're booked and, yeah. and kind of chewed through our time. And I'm happy to still chat with you, but, but I have to go. As opposed to that artificial wrap up. Like we did it. And, the, and you just know the patient's like, we didn't. I'm still not. I am not satisfied, Dr. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so you're like, okay, but I do have to go right now and I'm happy to talk on the phone or I'm happy to email, right? So I had this one lady in and and uh, she came in and she was upset because her husband died six years ago. And I was oh, like- Six I years ago? Yeah, yeah, and she's still upset from it. I'm like, <laughs> after my appointment with her, I can understand why- He I always left her satisfied. <laughs> so she doesn't get over trauma very easily. And she's like, I'm going to be your hardest patient ever. And I'm like, I believe you. <laughs> I can feel it. Like, oh, geez. Uh -huh. And, she, you know, of course, wild complaints and then a gazillion questions. And just like ridiculous questions, stuff we'd already addressed. But she's the one who took me up on that email thing, right? She emailed me a bunch of questions. Did so you tell like, your wife about this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, just, yeah. But general dentists see, like, as endodontists, we're spoiled because we we have a filter. There's no filter for them. You know, they get everybody, right? Yes. And and so when we see a crazy, it's like, yeah, I've seen five crazies in the last three months. General dentists, I've seen five crazies in the last five days. You know, like it's 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 a it's a bit different. It, and and so I, that my wife kind of recalibrates me a little bit. Like I had a crazy. She goes, I, I live with. Yeah, that ain't crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you don't see crazy because crazy don't want to pay. <laughs> so anyway, so she then gave me these questions and it was like, we'd already addressed this question in our discussion. Like she was asking about pain medication. I gave her a pain medication handle, but then two words, three words, cut and paste. I went on the AE website. I went on this website. I went on that website. I cut and pasted. I gave her a 14-page letter of answers to her questions. You want answers? I will give you answers. And you I come just, to me I, with Tom Sawyer. I give you war and peace. Yes. Exactly. If you kill them with kindness, they're still dead. <laughs> so I killed <laughs> them with kindness. <laughs> I smothered her. <laughs> because yes. it was just like she needed information i was like i gave her enough for like a first year dental student about endo so did yeah. the treat i'm curious in that situation i mean did the treatment actually work out yeah it went well it, it actually went well because I, I you know I, she called my bluff so then i i respond i i gave her everything and you know of course yes freezing's difficult everything's difficult of course she had extraordinary post-op pain and you know a lot of it's, she, it's a lady who's still grieving over her husband from six years ago yeah, you know, she's not going to get over, you know, if she cut her nail wrong very easily. Like it's just that's her modus operandi. So full points to her. She told me she that's what she was like, right? And then her general dentist is like she needs a crown. I'm like she needs to go to the prosthodontist. And I'm sorry, prosthodontist, but you know, yep. this, you know, it, no general dentist wants to touch this crown. And you know, just 
she needs more TLC. She's not a bad person, but she's self-admitted that she just won't like yeah. it, it. A simple answer won't suffice. She needs to mull it over and ask it six different ways. I will so say I'm, that I'm, I'm curious, Tom. Um, yeah. Maybe I was going to say the other side of the coin of, of the general dentist, you know, kind of is stuck with a lot of the people yeah. who are challenging and a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Uh, the other side of that coin, though, is if it's somebody who is really complicated and they need a crown, hey, I, doctor, you know, whoever down the road, uh, this prosthodontist does great crowns. And so sometimes, you know, the referrals come in and and we'll look at them and think, well, this isn't a particularly complicated case. So I'm always worried about the person who's attached to the tooth or the joint. You know, it's, you start thinking, well, and sometimes that's the case and sometimes it's not, but. Sorry, Rich, I cut you off. Well, what I was going to ask you, Tom, is related to Joel's scenario. Would you have potentially handled that individually any different than he did? No, I think I would have done the exact same thing. We run into that, uh, um, especially on the sort of oral medicine, oral facial pain side of things. Uh, the, the million questions. I, I like the cut and paste option. I think, yeah, you know, taking those resources and, um, yeah, I probably would have done really the same thing and just answered their questions and looked a little extra time for treatment and make sure they had all the, you know, post-op stuff before we ever gave them their first needle. And so they would know what to expect and they'd have their prescriptions faxed to the pharmacy and they could just get them the day before or whatever the week before. And, uh, you know, so that, that way we try to minimize the issues and there's always going to be the issues with somebody like that. Uh, you just have to anticipate and do everything you can to try to head it off. But I think, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a unique, that's a unique situation. But I, yeah, I think and I, I was jo joking around to be a bit facetious, but I had my game face on with her and I say, when I have a patient ask like, an in-depth question about something, I save those answers in in a folder on my computer. So if I get another person and that 14 page thing, I mean, it didn't take me 15 minutes, it took me two and a half hours, but I'm like, I've caught it now. And then I refer to that for future patients, kind of build up your library of stuff. So you're doing the best for them. And, and as a bit of a stress reliever for ourselves, you kind of laugh and guffaw about it, but you know, not, not to the patient. Yeah. <laughs> You guys, you guys both are good humans. Um, I'm gonna be. A <laughs> Wait, I'm gonna call my kids up here. Can you? Just yeah, 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 yeah. I, that I was can... the best fifteen bucks I ever spent. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't know that I would do what you've done, um, but I wanna, I wanna frame my response. I admire your response, and I think that's one very admirable way to handle it. Um, I, when I meet people, if I don't think that I can make them happy, or I don't think that they're going to be satisfied, I make a very rapid decision to say, I'm not the guy to help you. Or I'll default to things like if you want a root canal, we need to sedate you um, rather than this long, lengthy conversation. And if I get that sense of mistrust, 
I I just address that head on. You know, you need to trust me. And if you don't trust me, then we shouldn't do this. And if you don't feel good about this, we shouldn't do this. If you don't really want to do this, we're not going to do this. And if you don't, if you have any reservations about doing this, we shouldn't do it. And, right. you know, I'm, I'm really clear. Um, I don't, so I, I, I'm not being facetious. I really do admire both of your sense of humanity and the doctor that I work with in Alaska, he's much more in your camp than mine on this particular issue. But I, I don't want to carry that psychologically into the treatment. Well, I guess yeah. I, oh, you're, I think you're 100% on, on the mark with that. If I have a sense of the patient's not, you know, thinking that I'm worthy for the task, but it was just, it's part of her modus operandi. She's just questioning right. everything. And she basically said, I trust you, but I got a lot of questions that I'm, I'm, I'm hard work, you know? So you're like, that's a little bit different than, you know, do you really know what you're doing? You know? And so I, I think, I didn't yeah, those that. are two, to me, those are two different conversations. There's people yeah. who are information gathering and I mean, my experience is most people don't gather enough information. They're like, yeah, whatever you say, I don't care. I'll do whatever you want. I'm like, no, no, let's pump the brakes a little bit. We're going to talk a bit about what we're going to do. We're not going to just dive on it and, and do it. But I, I, I've had that conversation of, hey, if you don't trust me, that's fine. I want you to go. I don't want you to do anything with somebody who you don't trust. And if you don't trust me, you got to go find somebody who you trust. And that's uh, no skin off my nose, and I'm more than happy to send you somewhere. I think you could be helped, but um, but well, I, I don't, those are two different scenarios. Right. I want to relate two stories uh, very quickly. I had a patient who just gave me fits recently, and um, the whole what how it all went down is not really worth repeating. But just trust me from the conversation to moving around in the chair and every, every aspect of it was tough. She didn't request to be sedated. I don't remember whether that was part of the conversation, but when we finished her procedure, she said, when I was three years old, I was kid. I had been kidnapped and I was found gagged as a three-year-old child. Hmm. And I, I'm not a psychologist um, I don't know all the ramifications of that, but I can't imagine mm. what ramifications of that particular event would have had into her life. We had another patient recently who claimed that she had been attacked, assaulted with a chainsaw. Now, she didn't have physical outward marks that were showing on her skin that she had been, but I believe her that she had been. And um, I don't exactly know the, the the correlation between that attack and her dental anxiety, but it absolutely clearly was there. Interestingly enough, in that second case, she wanted to be sedated. And then on the day of the sedation, she bailed. She She never came in for the sedation. We never treated her. And as far as I know, she still has a toothache. But my point is, despite my kind of, you know, here's what I can do, here's what I can't do, you need to make a decision. I, 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 there are definitely, I won't say outliers, but, but oftentimes there are reasons why these people present the way they present. And God, for, you know, they're, for the grace of God, go I to have mm -hmm. had those things happen to me that I, would, that I wouldn't have exactly the same reaction. 
So I, I have time. I have a lot of time for that. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, cheap complaints. Yes. Uh, other... so cheap cheap complaints. Ahead. I've been caught out on my own diagnosis. So I have patients come in and I diagnose them. And I said symptomatic irritable pie, symptomatic apical periodontitis. And then they don't follow through with treatment and they come see me a year later and the tooth's fine. Yeah. I've fallen for histrionics. So you really have to be careful about that. They yeah. have reversible papitis, but they're, they're presenting so dramatic and so that it really sharpens you because you feel like a horse's ass when I write the letter back to the general dentist and you're like, well, I said it needed a year ago. It actually doesn't. Yeah. The person's so dramatic with it. So you really do have to, and I really strongly recommend general dentists out there and in it on us who are listening, flip the cold, double, triple check it. And another case in point is I sometimes have a patient in and they'll say, don't touch that tooth with cold. The general dentist did it and enough is enough. So yeah. I'm like, okay, I won't touch that one, but I need to touch the other ones to make sure those ones aren't on fire. Right. right? And if that's the case, then, and I'll put this in the notes. This is when I will write in the notes. We've got enough information that the person's got cold that's going to send them through the roof. Every other tooth in the quadrant is fine. And the right. big and, and so you've covered your base and you're dealing with a person's chief complaint. And the flip side of that is if someone comes in and they need a you know root a retreatment of root canal, it's got a lesion, and they're like, My chief complaint's cold. I'm like, and I've tested all the teeth and I'm like nothing's dramatic. I'm like, okay, we're gonna do a root canal. It's not gonna address your cold sensitivity. Right. Right. Because we're yeah. doing something completely different. However, your cold sensitivity might improve because it might just be all the nerves in that area are ramped up a little bit because this one's so on fire, but strictly speaking, I'm not turning off anything that's responding to cold. So it might be a nice side benefit. And this might just be a, a symptom of everything in that area ramped up, but you need to hammer that on the head with the patient. Cause if they're saying their chief complaints cold and you're looking at a retreat or an infected tooth, you're like, strictly speaking, I'm not going to be tackling cold, but um, this, I think it might, you might have cold sensitivity because everything that area, it, and also when they're more aware of it, it's, they're, they're, it's cold, but once everything calms down and they, they go back to normal, it's, it's not. Wow. Well, we've reached the end of our time for our Hotel Calcified podcast, part two of the Chiefs of Complaint. And I'm going to say goodbye to my co-hosts, Dr. Tom Shackleton and Dr. Joel Franzen. Thank you both for being here uh, to do this. And we'll see you again very soon for what I believe will be probably part three and final of the I, Yeah, I think Tom's going to dive in a little bit on what I've said. I've, I think I planted some great seeds. He's, <laughs> he's got some trees of wisdom for us. Yeah, our, our, uh -oh. our, listener, our listeners can't see it, but but we can see Tom is itching to to, to get involved. Oh, yeah. And respond in part three. So All right. Soon. Always a slice. <laughs>